All right, hello. We're on. Um, this is your, your your weekly dose of uh, banter and bops with Bentham Spons. Also, very sad that Bentham is in the student centre now. Um, we, there was a <laughs> hello, Maki Sergi. Yes, you're here. Yes, anyone listening? Of course, Aris was saying actually, it's very easy to get on the chat. You know, if you're on if you're on desktop, you're on browser. Just go along the top. It's got a. It's got. It's got your home scheduled chat. You. Know, if you click on chat, funnily enough, you can. You can get on there. You can choose your own name. You can. You can talk to us. Uh, and also, if you're mobile, the in the top right, I believe there's a there's a menu button you can press. Uh, and I'm I'm Temi. What's What's Temi? Okay, you'll have to tell us that. Uh, if you're on mobile, the top right there's a menu button. You press that, and it should come up with home scheduled chat. Join us. Uh, not the join us, but click on the chat one. And that will that will let that will let you in, and you can you can have a share share some words with with me, uh, and my lovely guests here, uh, Ibani. Hello, hello. And Henry. Hi there, Henry. Henry's new on the show. Um, I mean, there's not much to say. He's uh, he's on our course as well. Pretty cool guy. Uh, Mackie, so you still haven't explained what Temi is. Come on, you need to you need to. <laughs> I, I may may have to urban dictionary this over 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 a music break or something. Anyway, so here we are. Um, we are talking about uh, this week. It's an anarchist view of Despicable Me, uh, one, two, and three. You know, not just one, not just two, not just three, but all three. Um, and so, no, I, I thought it was you. Know, it was. I was just thinking a couple of weeks ago, uh, as I do for these topics, and I try and find some some sort of funky ideas uh, that may be used in in funky ways, such as with Despicable Me. Um, and so I, I came up with this one. I was like, mm, okay, what, what is there actually on this? And there wasn't a whole lot on it, but you know, that, that I'm going to try and try and convince you that there is some sort of valid view of anarchy in <laughs> Despicable Me. Anyway, so that's that's what it is. So uh, as usual, we'll start with a brief explanation uh, of of what the main idea here is, which of course is is anarchy. I don't think I've said that word so many times <laughs> in in like a period of three minutes. Yeah. Um, so, uh, there are you, anarchy is one of those ideas which you probably know quite a bit about, or ha at least have a very vague idea about. Um, that's you know, it's a it's a sort of general attitude or a mindset or critique of, and this is where some terminology comes in, of centralized hierarchical power and authority. So it's not just the fact that there are people uh, sort of dictating down to you what to do it is the fact that it's it's centralized there there is a there is one body or one main body that's 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 dictating what's what's going on and it's hierarchical so there, there are there are there are levels to 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 in in the body of how much power each level has uh, hello oh harry hello it's hello, so harry <laughs> so nice We're to see missing you <laughs> 10 out of 10 recommend you look up temi okay i will that's fine <laughs> um yes so it's, it's the fact that it, there are levels to the power and that there are there are people dictating down not just in the body but also not just outside of the body. The body is not just telling people outside of it what to do. It is also the fact that there are people inside the body telling people inside the body below them what to do, and then you know distributing it down the down down the down the chain chain of chain of commands, so to speak, uh, and also of authority. So it's it's all there's all the same thing: centralized and hierarchical, but not just power, but also authority. Um, and people who do subscribe to this anarchist sort of way of thinking um 
will often engage in uh, what are called non-conformist practices. Uh, and, and some examples here include sort of like, like free love, nudism, gender disruption, uh, sort of civic disruption, and so on and so forth. Um, or they'll form uh, intentionally off-the-grid communities. I, I mean, a classic of this is like the, 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 the hippies, sort of you know, uh, trailer van hippies and things like that, you know, trailer van hippie communities and things that are often off the grid, as I said, and outside of mainstream culture, uh, or at least outside of sort of, of the norms. Um, and so, uh, yeah, and Ibani and Henry were bringing up when, when we were just on the way here, that of course, anarchy in general, this is anarchy in general, so this could be applied to any uh, any sort of any area where there might be centralized or hierarchical power or authority uh, and often as you might expect this this does come across in politics um, there one of the main interpretations of hierarchy is through sort of political uh, political uh, anarchy and and what that can mean for the organization of society but there are also uh, now a lot of different types uh, especially coming in with there's there's anarchy Anarcho-veganism. Anarch um, I'll take your word for it. I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> guessing you've done your research, so. I'm well, that, that, that's what that's what the Stanford Encyclopedia of, Sex Cycle, of Philosophy. That, that's me. a great resource, isn't it? I yeah. assume they know their stuff. <laughs> yeah. yeah, me too. Um, so yeah, so there there are all sorts of uh, branches of anarchy nowadays. We're going to be dealing with a very uh, general and sort of uh, standard form of anarchy. Uh, you know, if anyone listening wants to suggest a particular sort of take on anarchy that you'd like us to apply to Despicable Me, that, that's, quite, that's quite all right. Um, but I, so there you go, there's anarchy. One thing I will do is read out the plots of Despicable Me. I think that's quite useful because yeah. I haven't seen the movie in a while, have you? I watched the first one again today. Okay. I thought it was a good you excuse. Watched it again. Oh, I did. I, okay. loved it. I absolutely loved He's it. He's way more ready than I am. Yeah, Ivani, I think you briefly looked up the plots, didn't you? I did while we were yeah. at the IOE bar, yes. I did Wikipedia the plots as well. <laughs> yes, that, that's exactly what I'm doing. I didn't think I've seen the third one, I'm going to be honest with you. Yeah. I, I, I didn't think I'd seen the second one, but I definitely have. Okay. The second one's the one where he meets the AVL girl, right? Yeah. Okay. Lucy. And then the third mm -hmm. one is the one where he's against the bubblegum dude. Yes, that's that's that's, <laughs> that, that's, that's, that, that's just gone over my head. The only <laughs> one I remember is the first one, and I'm just definite for their minions throughout the three. Yes. Yes. We're all here to hear for the minions. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So here we go. Here's the plot. So the first one, uh, uh, just just to refresh everyone's memory. Uh, so there's a supervillain named Gru, uh, an, an unknown rival steals the Great Pyramid of Giza, and he, he feels he feels very hard done by by this. So, but with the assistance of his sidekick Doctor Nefario, and of course Gru's uh, ubiquitous minions, uh, he tries to one up this rival by shrinking and stealing the moon. Uh, he knows it's very expensive, so he tries to get a loan for the Bank of Evil, uh, Evil with a capital E. I must I must stress. Uh, Mr. Perkins, the, ba the bank president, is impressed by the plan, but he won't approve the lo loan until Gru obtains the shrink ray, which he needs to shrink the moon. Um, which sort of sounds a bit like collateral in like real life loans, but anyway. <laughs> um, so, so Gru finds out that uh, Vector um, has, was responsible for the uh, thieving the, the Great Pyramid of Giza, and Gru starts a rivalry with him. Um, Gru and the minions steal the shrink ray from a from a testing base. Vector intercepts them and steals it from them. 
Uh, Gru tries to steal it back from Vector, but fails and is is. I believe in oh, who's that guy's name? The, the guy's name who did the video on how tall is Gru. I can't remember. It's it's a lo- it's a very funny YouTube video. Okay, definitely. He, he objectively finds out how it's like a quantitative analysis, really. So is this? A, it, this is a Fermi estimation. Is, is, is it this... consistent throughout the movies? Well, I don't it's know. Like... He hasn't. He hasn't done. I think he uploaded it like when the first one came out. So is this like a QM, you know, final coursework worthy? Why do you know about that? But what he does is like, there's a scene in this in the, where where Gru's trying to steal back the shrink ray from Vector's base, and Vector has all these missiles pointed at him. Yeah. And Gru, there's a scene where Gru manages to like acrobatic himself around these missiles, and based on how fast missiles travel, how many frames are in the picture for, how many pixels they take up, how tall, how many pixels Gru takes up. How fast he travels around the missiles, they can figure out how tall he is. I feel like we could spend oh, the night. Oh, yes, that would make sense, actually. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like we could spend the night just determining how. Well, I mean, there's a video. That just done. If, if you have time after this, go look at it. It's actually very <laughs> funny. Uh, but anyway, yes, Gru tries to steal his base. Uh, not his base. He tries to steal the, the shrink ray back, but he, he's defeated by traps. Um, and he essentially tries to. He notices some some three orphaned girls who are selling cookies, and they and they try. He tries to. He like basically kidnaps them, but like adopts them in in like quotation marks, and plans the, to use them to infiltrate the vector's base by you know by sending these three innocent girls into a base with multiple traps to sell cookies to Vector, so he can sneak in and steal the shrink ray. Um, and so they do that. Gru steals back the shrink ray. He bonds with the girls. Um, Gru then contacts per- Mr. Perkins, the bank president, by, by video chat, uh, tells him he has a shrink ray, but then the girls come into the scene, the girls are called Margot, Edith, and Agnes, they come into the scene, they interrupt the meeting, and Mr. Perkins is like, Gru, I am so disappointed in you, you have renounced your ways of evil and become a family man. So, uh, so then he doesn't give Gru the loan. Uh, Gru has to tell his minions that he can't pay for the services, the girls offer the concept of the piggy bank, and so everyone gets inspired. Gru starts like pawning off parts of his lair to sell for, like, try and buy a, you know, like buy parts for a spacecraft. He plans to steal the moon when it's closest to Earth, but then this clashes with the girls' dance recital, which you know there's, there's a big there's a big plot device here. Doctor Nefario arranges for the girls to be like returned to the orphanage. Perkins, in, like, we find out that Vector is actually Perkins' son, and that like. Vector Perkins tells Vector that Gru has a shrink ray, so then they try and interrupt with the plan. Anyway, basically what happens is that Gru steals the moon, Vector steals the moon and the girls. Vector and Dr. Nefario get the girls back. The moon expands in Vector's ship and like sends him to the moon and everything is fine. So that's 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 the first movie. Second movie. I'll try and cut this and down. We're going all, th- we're doing, all we're the doing, way through. Yeah, I mean, okay. this is Despicable okay. Me 1, 2, and 3. Okay, that's good, yeah. At so, least we're going through all of them. What happens in the second one is that um, we, a, new, a new league is introduced. So, we're not just the Bank of Capital E Evil now, but we've got the Anti Villain League, the AVL. Um, it sends one of its agents, Lucy, to recruit Gru, a former supervillain now. He, he's, he's rena- he has truly renounced his ways of evil. Um, and at the start of the movie, we see a crime committed. Uh, some like mutagen thing is, is is stolen, and they say the AVL says Gru, we must you you must help us. Gru refuses, uh, claiming that he's like legitimate now. He he can't he can't do that. Doctor Nefario leaves because Gru's too 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 like goody two shoes for him. 
And then Gru's like, okay, fine, I will. So he does it. And um, the story moves on. They suspect some people. They investigate some people. And Gru obviously suspects someone very strongly. But then someone else is like, like takes the fall for the actual suspect. Uh, and the AVL is like, huh, that's our job done. Like dusting their hands off and like they run off. And Gru's like, hmm, we're not done here. So he actually goes and follows the initial sub- suspect, finds out he's the actual one, um, and a bunch of stuff like happens. The, basically, he goes against the AVL. Okay, this is the key bit here you know, for for our for our purposes. And then the third one, Gru is now an agent for the AVL. Um, he and his partner Lucy, who was from the second film, have to have to battle this this, this super villain. Um, what actually does happen here? I haven't, I haven't, I haven't. Oh yes, his, his twin. His twin, Drew. Drew, yes. So what happens is. I think this is a spoiler for me, having not seen. Oh. Oh, we should have probably one. put a spoiler in there. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, when when was it made? It was made in 2017. You've had like two and a half years to see this. I'm sorry. Spoiler alert I'm... for all three. It's just three <laughs> films. So basically, what happens is in the third film is that Drew finds out that he has a twin called Drew. Um, it, there's not much to do with anarchy, to be honest. In this one, basically, what happens is is that is that there, there's like Drew and Gru team up to to steal something, even though Gru is very like reluctant, and he has secret plans to actually turn it over to the AVL, which he still works for. Um, and then uh, Drew finds out about the plan. He gets very very annoyed, and like at the end of the film ends with like everyone sort of like making up. Uh, but then Drew still runs off and, and tries to do evil things, and the film sort of ends there with like Gru and Lucy, like uh, with a, with a, like a, a snappy one line of saying, "You know, we'll give them five minutes head start." Um, roll the d twenty on an acrobatics dex check. Hugh, 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 is that Mary? Thank you, thank you for the D and D reference. I love you, whoever you are. Is, is this binary number has come up before? I think it's binary. It. I feel like it should be Mary because she is. The person who's likely to put like a D and D reference. Yeah. Anyway, so that's 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 what's happened. We're going to cut to a short music break to let you process that, and also you can look up the plot yourself and not just like deal with my hasty explanation. Um, we're going to play "Call It a Night" by Steel Pigeon uh, within their new Sunday Roost EP. They actually have merch on their Instagram. Yes, I did see that. I'm really tempted to get some. Um, me too, but the issue is it's a long sleeve shirt, and I I can't wear long sleeve shirts. Can you not? Well, like they, they make me feel a bit uncomfortable. Okay, but I'm just saving up for a wonder on Monday. And Are you going to merge there? I'm guessing. Like I don't know. I would I would like to. Okay. Anyway, this is Call It a Night. <laughs> uh, that's it's the second one that ends with the minions dressing up as the village people and performing YMCA. I think so. My memory is kind of hazy, but yes, I think so. Right here we go. Call It a Night by Still Pigeon, Sunday Roost. We'll see you in three minutes. And we will talk about this topic. Uh, here we go. All right. So that was Call It A Night by Still Pigeon. Uh, yes, I know it would be fitting if it were the last song, but uh, not enough forethought with uh, what songs I was going to play. I just have a playlist called Radio Music. Well, I don't actually listen to, I must stress, uh, I don't listen to playlists. I just listen to albums, which is something that a lot of people like don't do. Henry. Henry's looking at me as like a... <laughs> <laughs> you should definitely be listening to playlists, and especially in the what? order. What? No. No, sorry, albums. albums. Yeah, albums. sorry, albums. albums. You ought to. You really ought yeah, to. Yeah, you really ought to listen to albums. 
but like in the order that like the artist intended it to yeah, be listened into. Yeah, don't shuffle albums, yeah, guys. Yeah, just don't. Like it's it's sacrilege. Why does Spotify have the shuffle play on their albums? That's what I control you. No, I think just just me. No, no, I just, I think it's 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 their marketing thing. Like, if you get uh, on yeah. on the mobile, at yeah. least, if you get premium, then you you don't yeah. you have the option to like play it all the way through. Yeah, yeah, it does force you to actually get premium if you want to listen mm. to the album yeah, exactly. properly. Yeah, I listen to albums and play this. Yeah, all right, cool. I won't I won't crucify you yet. That's what, that's all right. Okay. So what what are we thinking? So when we were well, there was a point that was raised while uh, while we were on the way actually to the show, uh, and uh, I mean obviously, anarchy key connection here is Gru's reluctance to adhere to, like, you know the first the Bank of Evil let him down, then the AVL have been letting him down, so there's sort of an obviously any sort of authority throughout an, an, an anti-establishment sort of uh, tone. But what would be his like? that sort of element in the third film? That's a good question. Because there isn't really any, is there? Yeah, because the second well, one and the first one, it's quite clear. You could possibly make an argument for social norms. Like, he completely goes back to his villainy um, at a brief point, doesn't he? Sort of yeah. goes against he a lot of a his principles. Yeah. Yes, yes. That, that definitely does work and like for that argument, I'd say. Yeah, and like he has to go back to his mum to to you know, confront her about him having a twin and having no idea about it, uh, and the whole addition of a twin is like whoa, like I mean as a plot device it's kind of you know it's a kids movie that's that's not that's not yeah. <laughs> get, get too deep in, <laughs> but in the sense of like it is it is a sort of like it, it does sort of force grew to to take a a more uh, individualistic role in the film instead of sort of like being being not not being pushed around but sort of being like gently sort of like i i'm making sort of suggestive hand move not that suggestive but like <laughs> like hand gestures here trying to say what i'm trying to say like coax him out yes exactly yeah. like like encourage him to maybe do villainy or do good but in the third one it's like, okay my brother's asking me this, so I'm I'm gonna take a stand, yeah. you know. Yeah, and I think like maybe it's one of the only films where he's not under like an entity, sort of. Because in the first one, he's relying on the bank, right? Mm. Like a larger organization. The second one, AVL's quite attached to him. Yeah. But in the third one, I don't think it's as much. Yeah, he's an agent for them. But it seems like he's sort of established he, his position. In exactly. Um, yeah. And then the addition of the twin is, I guess you could really see as an audience, like him being his own person. Mm. Well, I think sort of his, his own personality is the driving force behind his progression, sort of, you know, this character progression all the way mm. through. And like him breaking through from the systems in each of the movies sort of allows him to actually make his progress. <laughs> Otherwise, yeah. he sort of gets stuck in the old rut. Yeah, and I think that that really was like driven by like when he adopted the girls mm. in the first film. You could, I think that's one of the most explicit ways. Would, would we could... say that's a non-conformist practice? Well, for a villain, presumably. That's yeah, like saying, for a yeah. villain, and also like a single dad adopting three three girls. Yeah, it's kind of it's unusual. like unfortunately unusual for that to happen in like what we'd say like society, really. But yeah. Yeah, it is quite like unusual. Yeah, so uh, this is how he's responding to <laughs> centralized 
hierarchical power and authority. I guess so. Yeah. This is this is his, this is his like nonconformist practice. Of, yeah. Like, yeah. Some people do nudism. He does adoption. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. And like in the second film, that he, he he and Lucy start a relationship. Yeah, which is again sort of so, so against everything he's been brought up on. And yes. Yeah. And I I. What was he brought on? Brought what? Why was that against? Well, well, from in the sense of like, in as a villain, you're not really expected to to have like, as with as with adoption, but uh, it's a bit more. Different. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I understand. But, from from what I can remember of the second movie, which is sketchy, so I can't even remember when I watched it. <laughs> but, but from what I can remember, it was sort of the breaking free from his own childhood, from his from sort of like the principles that his mother gave him, which mm-hmm. was not big on relationships of any sort, um, and then sort of letting go of everything he's had before of his part of his villainy was being so on his own. Yeah. So For some reason, I remember like his childhood being quite, you know, him being put down. I could be. Yes. Recalling another film, but no, that's right. Yes. Yes. Space. Re- he wants to go to space. Yes. Okay. Yes. 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 Cool. I was going to say, are you recalling like Doctor Doofenshmirtz there? But Maybe. Yes. No. Um, definitely. Because yeah. for me, they're like kind of one and the same. I guess because the nose. <laughs> <laughs> but it is what it is. Yeah. And the other thing is, well, I mean, I didn't. It's, it's funny. There's a YouTube video talking about conspiracy theory of, of this before me. And like because there's Minions and the second Minions film, which are both prequels to Just Before Me One, um, apparently there is a lot of childhood background that's released in those films. You can sort of deduce from what you see in Minions. Um, I don't know whether that's actually you know you have to watch the video for yourself. Um, yeah, I'm not going to endorse any conspiracy videos uh, on, on this philosophy show. Thank you, but no. So yeah, I think definitely. In a sense of, you know, taking nonconformist in a sense of both as his uh, initial sort of uh, occupation as a villain and also in, uh, in his growing up, you know, as a, as a child, there are a lot of things which he does in, especially one and two, which classify as nonconformist. And it, 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 you, because to be anarchist, you sort of have an anarchist view, it's not enough to be nonconformist. It has to be... Uh, not necessarily in response, but as a response to this sort of like abuse of power. Yeah, and, structure in place. Yes, exactly. And I guess in the first one, we see that with his loan being refused by the bank, bank of capital E evil. Formerly um, Lehman Brothers. <laughs> <laughs> My favourite moment from all three movies. <laughs> yes. Um, and and yeah, the the, uh, the the evil I assume he's evil, Mister Perkins, um, and then yeah, in the second with the the anti villain league where they say you know well, case closed, it grew, uh, no more work to be done, and he says no, you know, standing for my values, uh, and he goes off and finishes a job, and that's something again which uh, people say, not misunderstand, but sort of don't quite see with anarchism is that it's not it, of course there are different strands and there are some strands which say like oh yeah we want to just tear down everything we want pure chaos but a lot of anarchy isn't like that it's more that they're 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 it's they're critiquing the current institutions and bodies in place you know someone might say that oh i don't know um uh the way we i don't know let's say for example this, this is not my thoughts like the NHS is like overbearing. I don't like it. Let's get rid of it and replace it with something that's more bottom up, uh, you know, but by, by, built by not by individuals, but maybe more like communities. Um, 
and that works for the people that it needs to work for instead of like, oh yeah, you know, top down sort of, this is what the top people say, so we got to do it. Um, sort so of is, idea. It, is it not totally the, like, in my head, I had this preconception that it was the total destruction of the, like, the sort of strata of society and yeah, breaking it down and like yeah. taking down all the power structures to the point where they just don't exist anymore. You just wouldn't have the NHS. You wouldn't have any healthcare service yeah. because you can't have the different um, levels in society. And a yeah, doctor it, would be sort of higher up society than someone living on the streets yeah. and therefore it doesn't really fit with the anarchist yeah. ideas. But that might be totally wrong. I'm not really yeah. sure. And what I had, like preconception of anarchy was like similar to what Henry Henry was saying but as well as like it was more of a direct democracy there was no you didn't have to go up a particular route to like get what you wanted to get done you just get it done yeah it I mean so yeah, as so what Henry was saying is like that is a very obviously it's sort of the most um uh, exotic and uh, sort of sexy view of anarchy it's like you know that's the one yeah. that like probably like popular media is probably going to take most okay. uh, in you know, and picture most most often because it is like oh yeah like like the big anarchy a and you imagine like a load yeah. of fire and destruction it's like you yeah. that's that's it's a very yeah, striking it, for image. me like anarchy like i would associate it with revolution yeah as well yeah yeah and that, that's that is generally a sort of like what people picture but it's it is important to say in a, in a more political sense with how it is used in 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 a polit- in the political sphere it is it is has a lot of connections to sort of socialism it, you know, as you were saying more direct more grassroots it is coming from a sense that okay these things don't work which we have in place so we must take them down and rebuild something that does work uh, and in that sense, it's a very similar. It, it does a similar job to what a lot of political schools of thought do. Um, even like you know, th- there's a there's a response to anarchism which says you know like this is this is naive and won't work. Uh, and you know, whatever structure you do tear down, needs uh, to be replaced by something else. It is always going to be replaced. And so some people use that as an argument against anarchism. They say, okay, well you say that you don't want any structure. But, you know, they refer to things like Hobbes' social contract theory and things. And they say, look, humanity must organise itself somehow, whether you like it or not. And, they, and you know, the anarchist response is that, no, it's not that we don't want to have structure. We want some structure, but it's not that we don't want it to be hierarchized. Like, we don't want people to have to depend on, like, people above them to tell them what to do. You know, it's that sense of, and I guess here we get that with Gru. He doesn't want to yeah. have to rely on the bank of evil. He just sells his, he pawns off his own furniture, <laughs> and buys you know buys a spacecraft using his his own, well, slave labor, I guess. Means. Yeah, his own, his own means. <laughs> yeah, that's a nicer way to put it. Um, and in the second film, again, he says, you know, anti-villain league tries to tell him what to do. It seems like it's a more of a matter of independence, isn't it? In, yeah, on an individual level, I think definitely, uh, in the sense that you don't want to be told uh, what to do by people sort of above you who may not necessarily know what what, you, what you're going through. And I think that's something that we can all relate to in a sense. You know, not 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 when we're all anarchists. <laughs> um, you know, bearing in mind that the the the, the sort of stereotypical mainstream view of anarchy is not the one we're discussing here. Um, but it's that 
it's not the the actual spirit of anarchy is is that you you it's a it is a critique of of centralized and hierarchical power when it doesn't work uh, and you know when it when it has it when it has its disadvantages um and i was that was the one more thing i was thinking do we get any disadvantages of organizations in the films so pardon me so like the anti anti-villain league are there pardon me again um are there any sort of like obvious dis or maybe not so obvious disadvantages to having organized well i think that from my sort of reading of it it would be uh, when they decided to move on from the original suspect, mm. it was a drive from on top to get the job done. If there wasn't, if there wasn't the sort of necessity to make progress and to um, solve the case, um, if it was more of a personal um, or um, bottom level um, desire to um, catch whoever was responsible for the villainy, um, then they would be more thorough, and there would be ne not necessarily the need to move on so quickly yeah um because i guess it would come down to the resources and the um, efficiency of the organization yeah which wouldn't be such an issue if it wasn't there yeah I, yeah that's definitely something any any thoughts about yeah i'd say you know having it top down the sort of pressure of you know get the job done but i think i think Groove... how do you feel about vector being told what to do by his dad, essentially. Well, by his boss as well, I guess, right? Yeah. Well, like, his dad is kind of his boss in the film, isn't it? Yeah. I don't know, because I would say, like, personal motivation kind of trumps all. Mm -hmm. But it isn't necessarily what we always see in real life. No. You know, I guess, like, take, for instance, like a job. You, your pay relies on you doing what your boss has told you mm. and you can't put your finances or your life in jeopardy just because you're like i want to subscribe to like a sort of anarchist view yeah but for vector in particular it's a, his hierarchical system is also his familial system so it's sort of mm -hmm. it's all tied in for him personally yeah and they sort of it's a kind of a running joke throughout the film that he's actually a pretty useless villain yes yeah. um he sort of relies on his technology and relies on yeah, the money exactly. he's got throughout like uh, whenever he comes out of his own invention like yeah, I think the piranha gun is deliberately exactly, stupid yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah like the only reason i very vividly recall vector was because my maths teacher at a level for some reason used his introduction as a way to introduce yeah, vectors in like, A level, as a chap, yes, I don't know why at A level, okay, direction yeah. and magnitude, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, that was the video. And like, the thing is, like, at year 12, we'd already been like, ex like, for those who hadn't been exposed to vectors, we'd been exposed to it at year 12, but year 13, he just play it again, just being vector, exactly. <laughs> um, I guess it was a he probably didn't prepare for the lesson. You've got to be cool with the kids. <laughs> <laughs> Despicable me is definitely not the way to do it, I guess. Maybe, maybe not with like 80-year-olds. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, we're going to cut to a music break. Um, when we get back, we'll be doing some lovely, lovely features. Um, Valerie Da Vinci, obvious problem. Okay, we'll, we'll take a look at that over the break. We're going to play... Um, this is a bit of a... Okay, this is, is going to be a bit of different. So this is a, called Fly by Leviamph. They're like a, more of like an EDM, maybe drum and bass artist actually. Mm. 
So yeah, here we go. You're surprising me with all these music choices. <laughs> <laughs> here we go. This is Fly uh, by Levianth. We will see you in just a moment. Back. <laughs> <laughs> just talking music over the break. Very nice. Yes, it's Levianth. An art- yeah, the artist's name is, is Levianth. And the song itself is Fly. Uh, I, I don't think that's supposed to have any anything to do with levitating or anything like that. Uh, the rest of their music is pretty pretty in the same vein as as, as this song was. Two so two comments about the topic. Um, Valerie Da Vinci, yes, obvious problem. So she in the in the third in the third film she takes over from the previous leader of the AVL Anti Villain League, uh, and she fires Gru and Lucy for failing the mission to catch this bubblegum villain uh, and then they have to go off and do the job themselves. She has a very similar nose to Gru. Does she? Oh yes, nice. Maybe they're like long lost Is this despicable members. me for right here? Maybe. We have no idea. <laughs> and also, what, what was Anel saying about like the minions and despotism? Uh, yeah, that minions are for, fond of despotism though. Guru is their guru. Going out with Lucy is very heteronormative and socially acceptable. Yes, so about that, that remember that Guru is a villain and and Lucy, well, maybe a former villain now, and Lucy is working for the anti-villain league. So in those terms, not socially acceptable. And also that work relationships are generally frowned upon. So... Yeah, isn't it like usually like, not all contracts, but loads of contracts and... Like heavily work. discourage. Yeah, they heavily discourage work relationships, and you know their their colleagues. Exactly. It's sort of frowned upon. So take that, Anel. <laughs> <laughs> oh that's... wow! This I didn't realize this was a roast session. <laughs> friends, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> no, that's fine. Okay, feature time. Um, so we have two. We're gonna do. Let's let's do. We'll do Fine Bentham first because that's a shorter one, and then we'll have more time to discuss uh, the other one. So this is one's called Fine Bentham. So I, what I do is I read three quotes. One is one of them is a Jezebel quote. The other two are from somewhere. The quotes are all related, uh, and you have to guess which one is Bentham said. Uh, and you can guess different ones. You're, you're a team, so that's okay. fine. You can have two separate answers uh, because quotes are you know it's not something that's very easy. And if you but if you somehow manage to get one of the other two quotes, like who said it, no one has yet got one. Uh, then you get like extra bajillion bonus brownie points. I don't know. I haven't decided yet because no one's done it. So here we go. So quote number one is, <clears throat> Nearly all men can stand adversity, but if you want to test a man's character, give him power. So that's one. Quote two, The measure of a man is what he does with power. That's quote two. And quote three is, Reputation is the road to power. So I'll read all those again. The first one is, Nearly all men can stand adversity, but if you want to test a man's character, give him power. The second is, The measure of a man is what he does with power. And the third is, Reputation is the road to power. I think before we decide, someone asked, are we getting a rendition of the theme to you? Oh, fine. And I think we definitely need to honour that. Fine, we'll we'll do it, Harry. (laughs) We'll do that. We'll do that after this. Yes, yes. All right. We'll do it after this. <laughs> <laughs> the first two are pretty similar in concept, aren't they? Yeah. They're both sort of. I agree with it as well. Yeah. But of... my gut instinct is saying the first one. It just. 
It feels more Bentham to me. I'm not going to say anything because every time I have said something, I've thrown them off the scent. So I'm not going to. Okay. Not going to say anything. What do you think? Oh, Jeremy. Uh, yes, that's right. I mean, I haven't read no. enough Bentham to like have. It's yes. a children's cartoon. I, like the last mm. time I was on, I I don't know. I just did I guess it right last time? I can't remember. I feel like I did. I don't know. When I, were you on again? I was on with Mary, wasn't I? Yes, I can't remember what we did there. Bit hazy, isn't it? I've done a lot of these. <laughs> what was the third one? Reputation is the route to power. Road to power. Road to power. Yeah. Okay. I'm. I'm just gonna go with the first one. I okay. think that's a Bentham. Would you like to? Would you like to? No, I think first one is most like guessworthy. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so the first one was in fact Abraham Lincoln. Oh. Okay. Actually, that would make sense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The third one was Bentham. Third one was really? Bentham. Really? Yes. Feels too short to be a Bentham. Reputation. I mean, he, I mean, he's not, not much of a verbose man. Okay. Uh, and then the second was Plato. Okay, that's nice, yeah. I like Lincoln's quote, though. Yes. Definitely is something relatable. Yeah. Yeah. Do you it, agree with it? There's, there's, yeah. Lots and lots of Bentham quotes. He, obviously, he's quoted, he's, he's writing a lot about different, lot different things. <laughs> so it's very easy to find different quotes. But then you want, you want to find the quotes that are related but also kind of famous and, you know. Yeah, yeah definitely. You know, there's no use finding a quote from, like, Timothy Graw or something. Yeah, you, you, you just never you, get it. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's annoying because the, the Lincoln one, like, that, that feels gettable. Like, now yeah. I know. I'm just yeah. like, I should have thought of that. Yeah, like, it's, it's a very Lincoln thing to say. Mm. Yes. I'm pretty sure I've heard the quote before as well. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Henry. Okay, fine, we'll do the theme song. So the theme song... Is oh Jeremy Bentham, oh Jeremy Bentham, oh Jeremy Bentham. Okay, that's it. We're done. Right. It's just like a triplet sort of thing. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Okay, so this one is is a, a bit of a quiz. So this one's called "What Happened Today," and what I do is I go back, back, back into the sixth of March on many years, many, many, many years before. And I pick out interesting events and I make trivia questions out of them. So I'll ask you, like, this will be the first question. So in 2019, on this day, who surpasses Michael Jordan into fourth in the NBA all-time point scoring list? Oh. Curry? I mean, it's going to be, it's, it's someone famous. Like, it, you, you, you can guess a famous okay. name. Well, it's not LeBron because he's already higher, uh, I think. This, this was in 2019. 2019. Encore. And we're not doing, we're not an, doing encore. an encore. Like, let, let's get, <laughs> like, let's, let's get this feature done first. We'll, we'll, yeah. We'll, yeah, we're leaving it at that. <laughs> oh, I know like nothing about basketball. Okay, Me neither. Um, yeah. I mean, you can guess a famous name. I feel though. like Stephen Curry. Mm. Or Kyrie Irving. Stephen, no, it's going to be Stephen Curry. Again, you, 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 can, you, can guess, you can guess different things. Yeah, I'm going to go with Curry, yeah. Okay. Um... You know what, just in case, because if you're so embarrassed if it is him, LeBron. It is LeBron. Thank okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, like, you can't, you can't, like... <laughs> yes. Okay, it's it's the someone... most famous person basketball. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, he, he was, it's his 32nd thousand two hundred and ninety third point. I thought point. he was already higher than that on the all-time list, though. Wow. Apparently okay. not. It's weird. I mean, because 2019, that's... He's Maybe, been like, around officially. For a long time. Yeah. Oh, it might, it might make sense he's still going, so... Yeah. Okay, next question. So, in 2018, this one I think is pretty easy. Um, who becomes the world's richest person on this day? Who becomes the Bezos. 
Because isn't sort of always Bill Gates, but then he sort of goes down when he gives them away and then they switch through. Hasn't it been sort of Gates and Jeff Bezos for a while? Yeah, which one's first? 2018. 2018? Didn't, didn't, wasn't Bezos like more of a 2019 thing though? Because mm. <laughs> I remember a lot, it, it, lot of but talk about just him. Or that could be because of his divorce. Just to specify know. here, in 2018, who becomes the world's richest person becomes is a very key word. Like, it changes in 2018. Okay. Yeah. So it was Bill Gates before, I think. Do you think? We'll I'm fairly more, sure, because you, when, when I was always... More fan like, service. We're not having any more like fan service. thinking of Bill Gates, the richest oh, yeah. world. Oh, yeah. Okay. It's not, it's not the Mexican guy that's really dodgy where he gets his money from, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm pretty sure he's like four or something. Um, yeah. I'm Bezos, I'd guess. I think, yeah, when you said it, like, it felt right when you said it. It is, it is Jeff. Okay. Yeah. Our boy yeah. Jeff. Well, maybe not our boy, that's all. <laughs> like, with his uh, tax records, I'm not <laughs> sure he's anyone's boy anymore. <laughs> okay, uh, this, this is the next question. So also in 2018 on this day, what do British health officials, I included this one as a bit of a joke, what do British health officials say uh, to the general public? And there's three options here. So a, option A is, it's time to get on a diet. Option B is, get out and get moving. Or C, Brits must eat more Greggs. Surely it's not C. I want it to be C, but surely <laughs> not. Yeah, it, it would be ideal, like utopia, if, every, if they said C, but... State-based, they are the solution. <laughs> <laughs> um, Again, you, you, can ask, you can give two different options. I'm going to say B. Okay. Yeah, I'll get moving, yeah. You know what, I'm going to C, please. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so it's A. Uh, okay. Uh, the other two I made up. Oh, yeah. okay. <laughs> B, I mean, in yeah, reality, like, it, A does make a lot of sense. Yeah, it? and B is more of like a Michelle Obama thing to say. Get out and get moving. Yeah, yeah that's true. Was that when the sugar tax was coming in or not? Yes, yeah. and like calorie, too many calories are in food and stuff. Okay. They were like, you need to reduce the calories. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. What's the obesity like here? Um, higher than you expect okay. is the answer. It's like 35% or something like, is it higher? I have no idea, but it's higher than you expect. Okay, yeah, because yeah. I, I, I wouldn't like see the UK as one of those obese I mean nations. like obesity is one of those things which it can I, well I mean talking about like talking as someone who doesn't have isn't obese I feel like it's one of those things which can kind of sneak up on you like it's not something yeah. like if you're not looking out for it you know you're just living your life you're eating what you always eat mm-hmm. maybe you're exercising a bit less you're feeling old you're feeling tired yeah it definitely but is a creeping up thing isn't I it? think yeah. British food in general isn't necessarily the most healthy no, like course. it's quite yeah. high in sugar quite high in sort of fats, fats. yeah <laughs> lots of like Yorkshire pudding what's up with that oh I love Yorkshire pudding they're so indulgent won't hear anything against it um because you know pudding is you know, gives the connotations of dessert, something sweet. Soft. (laughs) (laughs) Is that a thing? No, very much not. (laughs) Maybe not, I should try that. Now I've said it, it doesn't sound so bad. Yeah, because it's just like fried batter, like dough, isn't it? Yeah. So I reckon you could do that. There's fried ice cream, why not Yorkshire pudding and ice cream? Mm. I mean the the best the best British food I've heard of is the the fried Mars bar that Scottish classic. The fried yes. Mars bar, yes. Yeah. yeah, that is definitely on the bucket list. Okay, number four. So in 2017, Trump signs his second executive order. It bans travel from six mostly Muslim countries mm-hmm. for 90 days. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Which country does it exclude? Which country does it allow travel from? If I'm being cynical, Israel. So we've got Israel as one answer. So the six primarily Muslim countries. Yeah. 
or is it a Muslim country that? Is it? What do you mean? As is it a Muslim country Saudi. that he does allow Saudi Arabia? I, I maybe? feel like Saudi Arabia. <laughs> it's Iraq. 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 He allows travel from Iraq. I think because it was one of the things like he had a hotel in Iraq or something. <laughs> did he ban Saudi? I think he did ban Saudi. I'm surprised he did. Okay. I can't remember. But yeah, it was okay. Iraq, which is very shocking. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm just shocked by that one. Yeah. <laughs> Number five, then. Um, I wasn't sure how to phrase this one, but this is similar to the to the what did British health officials say? Mm-hmm. So in 2013, on this day, Microsoft are fined by the Euro Commission. What for? And there are three options here. So one is uh, forcing Windows updates without asking. Mm-hmm. The second one is having a stripper pole in their main offices. <laughs> and the third one <laughs> is not providing alternative browsers. I mean, the first two are obviously, it's probably going to be one of the first two, but again, I just <laughs> desperately want Wait, to go for them. So, fined by who again? <laughs> so, they're fined by the Euro Commission, 561 euros. 561 euros. So, the stripper pole. Not having an alternative browser, and the first one was... Uh, forcing Windows updates without asking. You know what? The smallness of the fine actually makes the stripper policy more likely. Because exactly. If it, was, if it was something to do with the actual functionality of what they were that selling, then it would be a larger more, settlement, yeah. wouldn't it? Because, like, not offering an alternative, I or guess, like, just, is pretty yeah. big, you know? But I feel like I'm just trying to justify it. It really, really <laughs> yeah. wants it to be the stripper pole. <laughs> okay, I'm going to go with the, like, not offering an alternative internet browser. Okay. I like going with the stripper pole. It is alternative browser. Okay, yes. I'm kind of glad it wasn't the stripper vault. Again, the other two I made up. Um, yeah. That's what I was thinking. Like, it's a small fine. Yeah. Like, made Wouldn't it be for something dumb? Yeah. Okay, here we go. So, okay. that's That was number five. Number six. Uh, there are three more after this one. Uh, so, in 2006, South Dakota signs a bill that bans A, most abortions in state, B, Chewing gum by under 16s or C, uh, driving by under 18s. Which year was this? 2006. Oh. So they were going back in time. Mm. Yeah, I don't think it's the first one. No, because there was a big abortion thing that was more recent. Yes, exactly. It was in 2006. Yeah, it was South something, yeah. I'm not even sure if that's correct, to be honest, but. Alabama um, definitely did one. Yeah. Yes, that's oh, it right. Was Alabama, that's Alabama, yeah. yeah. So I'm going to, I think I'm going to cross off the first one. The first one. And the second, sorry, could you repeat the second one? The second one was chewing gum, uh, you know, the purchase chewing of chewing gum, gum by under 16 year olds. Mm-hmm. And C was, was driving, uh, driving, yeah. Driving, yeah. Driving I think it's driving. Ratings. I think it's driving, yeah. It's, in fact, most abortions. Okay. Really? Yeah, okay. which I found shocking because, and the, of course, it hasn't got much traction. But it's in the sense that, like, when they say most, like it's technically legal to get one, but it's just the, the criteria. It's just, yeah. I guess there's so many conditions that you have to. Yeah, and probably like this, they'll probably reduce the amount of funding for, for doctors who can provide them. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there are fewer doctors yeah. per amount of people uh, and stuff like that. Yeah, you could have a. Yeah, there's a lot to talk about. There that. is a lot to talk yeah. about there. Okay, number seven. So in 1984, now we're going all the way back. What, which industry in Britain strikes for 12 months starting today? Oh, is this the, what's it called? Winter of Discontent. Yes, this is uh, around that time. Oh my, I need to know this. I've got to know this. I'm not going to give any options here, but um, I mean, there are only so many. Yeah. Okay. Oh. Which industry? Strikes for 12 months 12 starting months. today. So it's a bit like uni strikes, Miners union? But worse. No. 
1984. Oh, I should know this. This is quite embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was basically all the unions that, because of it, wasn't it? That's why. Yes, this was this one's the, the one that kicked and, it off. Yeah. 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 Which was the one? Oh wow! It was like a. Re- it was quite a surprising one from. I remember, wasn't it? Like, I remember. Not I mean, I wasn't alive in 84. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, from, like, from reading it, like, yeah. you kind of assumed it would be sort of in a direct response to the sort of miners, but I don't think it was, was it? Mm. From memory, it was... Ugh. Miners. Miner. What are you uh, thinking? What industries are you thinking? I'm, I was thinking, like... Or builders, but it's, I, I can remember it's not. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm completely off. I, I have no idea for this one. Okay. Just a random guess. Let's just say the clothing industry. Okay. Mm. Yeah. Um, oh, this is okay. I just give up. Just going. Miners in miners union. Yeah, it's the miners. Well, coal yeah. miners. I. Okay. Yeah, the coal miners. They well they, they yeah. start. They well, that would make sense because it was factory closing down all the mines, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, it was. But yeah. Uh, I mean, your, your the other answers might there might have been like steel industry. Mm-hmm. That was a big one. That's why. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah, but yeah, it was the coal miners indeed. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, last two then. Uh, in seventy four, nineteen seventy four. That is not seventy four eight. Not you. CCE. Yeah, uh, an unnamed Italian, in quotes here, industrialist okay. loses a record one million nine hundred twenty thousand dollars. In Monte Carlo Casino, in what game? He loses us all on one, like on all one one set of games. One set of games, one like as in games. one, like like playing a certain game, like many rounds, but a certain game. Well, see, so you'd think it was poker, but it wouldn't make the news if it was poker because you can actually realistically lose that much. Yeah. Mm. What's the the one where you could choose, roulette. like uh, yeah, the roulette, like the black or red? But again, there's all like. On sort of stereotype, you often have huge bets on that. But it is seventy four. Remember, it's I, I think. Oh yeah, you got a good point. Inflation. Um, I think it's roulette. Yeah. Okay. Mm, yeah, let's go roulette. It was roulette. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. roulette. Uh, I mean, there's nothing that else. much. Yeah. No. Why would you bet that much money on a spin? Yeah. Exactly. Well, I, I read. I like. I guess that he. Did it like successive times, you know? Yeah, must have. But anyway, yeah, industrialist. I assume they mean like mob leader. But yeah. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> last question, and then we'll we'll close up because people want to get in. So in 1964, Tom O'Hara runs a world record mile in how fast? And there are three options: 316, 336, or 356. Oh, when he's was, the guy who did the um, when was uh, under four minute mile, didn't he? Was he the Wait. record breaker? Well, he did get a world record mile, yeah. Yeah. Well, when when did Bannister get his record mile? Because it can't have been that long after it, right? Was that 64? This is 64, yeah. I reckon it was whichever was the lowest out of those. Cause so there's 316, 336, or 356. I think it's... I reckon it's 316. Oh, I think it's 356. It is 356. Okay. Yeah. Uh, 64. Oh, wait, it was the four-minute mile, not the three-minute mile. mile. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> it's the four-minute mile. Okay. <laughs> That's it for yeah. us. So we talked anarchism and Despicable Me. Go watch it. You know, the excuse to watch some old kids' films. And yeah, have a nice weekend. Hope you have a great week. We will see you next time. Bye-bye from me. See ya. See ya. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>